Hello, welcome to Schmo Center. This is the Schmodown Breakdown Show by the NBE crew, where we follow every single match from the Schmodown and break it down with the analytic stylings that you can only find here. I'm Tony Heald. How are you doing? I always hate when I don't know why I introduce myself. I always feel weird when I do it. Just the second after it comes out of my mouth. We do it for the people who are watching for the first time. Ah, fit. Hi, you're watching for the first time. And uh, joining me is Mr. Thomas Scully, the corruption fanboy himself. Hi, I am exhausted. I am tired. I am physically drained. Um, and I, believe it or not, it has nothing to do with this match. Um, so yeah, um, this look. It's a, it was a great teams match overall. Mm-hmm. Personally, it was overshadowed by a couple of errors that I think I'm glad it happened here and now. And not like at a live event or sometime down the, down the road in the season. I think for what we saw yesterday, it was a good opening to the team season. Yeah, well, today, just now, yes. for the uh, Just going to say, if anyone's watching this uh, for the first time, this is a live straight after the match, and we will talk spoilers. So if you've not watched the match already, stop, go watch it, then come back and watch us. But yeah, so we are talking about Tom and Paul versus Deep 13. So, firstly, just out of curiosity, names, how do you feel about them? Well, Tom and Paul, I mean, that, that seems like a name that, that you pick when you can't find a clever team name. Um, I've seen clever team names turn out in the Facebook group for, 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 for Tom and Paul. I actually hope that they get a, a real team name other than just Tom and Paul. And as far as Deep 13, that's a cool name. I mean, yeah. if, if, if we're talking about coolest new team names, Deep 13 so far takes the cake. Um, I don't know if it's a reference to anything. Uh, um, Mr. Science Theater. Ah, yes. Well, since I don't watch that, I wouldn't get the reference. But yeah, gr- uh, great team name. I think they've branded themselves well. Um, I was really impressed by Deep 13 in all facets uh, of the game today. Um, they they really took a lot of people, including myself, by surprise. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's an, it was a very interesting match because I've, what you saw from this perspective from the match going in, pretty much everyone was going, oh, Tom Paul's going to walk it. And it's like the, the story of it always was that Whitney was the secondary player in every team they played in. Like it was with Bibiani, he was always seen as a secondary player. With uh, Mark Edward Hoyk, he was kind of because Hoyk was the. He, the bigger name almost just because of who, his personality is a bit more off the wall. Yeah, and, and from what I saw, I, that is the most comfortable I've ever seen Whitney Seibold in the Shmodown. He looked calm. He looked composed. He didn't look like there was no deer in the headlight moments. There, there, like, there was a sense of confidence and confidence because he was comfortable. That is something we have not seen out of Whitney Seibold ever. We've not we, we we didn't see it with critically acclaimed. We didn't see it with uh, South Rogers brothers. We didn't see it in this match against uh, David Del Rio. Mm-hmm. So this is a new Whitney Seibold that we're seeing this season, and I'm very excited to see, you know, what's going to happen with him next. And also, Lily Logan points out R&B was not there. Um, the, the the running gag is hey they did better because RMB was not there. It's not a gag. It's probably the truth. I, I the, these 
Geraldo and Seibold, I think, are a team. They strategize very well together. So I don't think they need a manager. I think this is a team that works better by themselves. Yeah. And I think if you're if you're Robert Meyer Burnett, you're sitting back like, all right, I don't have to do anything. They're still in my faction. I still get their points. Yep. Just, but I don't have to do anything for them. Just so, let them go. Honestly, it's a win win. Absolutely. And also as well, if uh, for the backstory, uh, Whitney Tybalt and Alonso Gerard are friends of Sandra Schmelder and they used to host the B uh, B Movies podcast together, and I believe Whitney worked for Alonso at one point as a critic. So, and it really showed in the knowledge because they both knew each, they both knew instinctively what the other would know and didn't know. Like, even and, and because of that background knowledge, you're able to strategize, you're able to know off, off the cuff what you know your teammate is good in and what they're not good in, and you're able to play your game sort of around that. So, how important is that in a match for like having that knowledge off your teammate? Is it because it's with Tom and Paul, they were just literally thrown together. It's like they only had a month really to get to that knowledge. Is there is that a pivotal part of a game plan to really know exactly what the like you having to be able to go, oh yeah, I know for certain he's gonna get this or he's not gonna get this? It is it is a pivotal part, and I think what a lot of us didn't see. Tom and Paul Preston were two players who came on late last season. Mm. They are so new to the showdown. We don't know what they're bad in. We don't necessarily we all we know is that oh they're good in everything. They're, like they're they're good in, the, in in every category. Clearly that's not the case. But we didn't see any game tape from them that suggested they were bad at anything. Absolutely. So the only people that could really get in their way were themselves. And that's the danger you have with a new team, two new players getting together, not knowing a whole lot about each other. And that was a major catalyst in their downfall. And if we look as well with their former teams, you had uh, Looney Bin that they worked together in the past. Video Drew was uh, Tom's boss at one point. And the movie guys, they've worked together on a channel for years, so they know each other instinctively well. So it's really that case of, trying to build that knowledge up against a team that has it already it's always going to be a harder case but to be fair they did well for themselves it's 32 points this is a this is a prime example you cannot win with talent alone like quoting the movie miracle gentlemen you do not have enough talent to win on talent alone that's the story of tom and paul they tried to win on talent alone without strategy without good strategy and it bit them in the ass. So uh, we'll go through the match now, but just quickly say, uh, Nicoli uh, had a question in the chat. Uh, how likely is it we'll see another faction trying to trade for Deep 13? Likely, very likely. I think because they do not respond to, uh, to they did not really respond to being drafted by Burnett mm. and they didn't really need him. I 100%, I wholeheartedly agree. Someone is going to try and trade for them. And you know what? I'll make the prediction right now. I think at the end of the, I think by midseason, Deep Thirteen is on a different is is in a different faction. They're going to go to a faction that's going to be that's going to have a manager who I think they're going to respond better to, and who they're going to accept help from. Either that, or they're going to have a manager who knows that 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 they don't have to work with them as much. True. It's going to be an interesting scenario because Deep Thirteen have now proven that they are 
have the right to be a class and eight class team. Like they're the ones that can be on the pillow. Like it's a case of will Romeo Burnett put hit, put Alonso and Whitney on the same par as Ethan Owen and I Jim wouldn't White. Go, I wouldn't go as far to say as, as that they're 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 an S tier team now. No, no, no. They, they, they've had one match. Chemistry aside, they're they're still just one to know. If you try to trade them right now, you're not going to get more than mid level selections yeah. back. If you oh. wait until they're two and zero or three and zero or in a number one contenders match, then you're looking at your then Burnett's looking at his chips like, all right, I can get maybe a former champion out of this. I can maybe get a solid inner geekdom player out of this. Yeah. So, if Burnett wants to play his cards right, he waits until they uh, they accrue some more wins before he tries to trade them. Absolutely. That sounds like a smart plan. Um, so, we'll start breaking down the match now. So, we'll start with round one. Actually, uh, beforehand, do we want to say anything about the way the teams came in or anything like that? Or it's like... Yeah, Deep 13 came in, like, it's like I said, that they came in cool, calm, and collected. They knew... Mm-hmm. They they knew what each other knew and what each other and what each other didn't know, and they were more confident because of that. Tom and Paul, Paul Preston had the "I don't want to be here" look. I mean, he, he like every time he looked at Tom, he jumped about seven feet in the air. <laughs> Kayfabe aside, it's not really a good look. Nice. He was messing with his juicer a whole lot uh, on on camera, which uh, I'll admit that was pretty funny. But the whole great. juicer bit. Um, but Tom and Paul, they, there just seemed to be that disconnect. There just didn't seem to be a whole lot of chemistry. Mm. And I know it's their first match, but you would think with the way the game's being played now, you would have a, a more, more concerted effort to try and have the, the, the knowledge between competitors right there with them. All right, true. All right, so I'm breaking down the first round. So um, first two questions. First question, everyone got right. Second question, it was the mummy movie release date question. Alonso got it wrong by a year. Like, uh, I, yeah, that's what happens. Some look, movie release dates is either every is that people are really good at it or they suck at it. Mm. That's that seems to be the general consensus. You're either really good or you hope it's or you hope it's the last category you get in round two. True. And but it's always that thing though of how much it stings more when it's a year off rather than like if you went if they went oh what it was the uh the mummy star and brendan fraser was released in what year if you went oh 1984 oh it's 99 okay never would have thought of that at least yeah. you have that where it's like having that year off just like stings a tiny bit just annoyance uh question three everyone got correct and question four this was the first question that tom has gotten wrong in First round, that wasn't a perfect round. And, and it seems, I think you could attribute that, look, that's just a simple mental error. Mm-hmm. You could also attribute it to, to him not being with Video Drew. The moment might have gotten to him a little bit like, hey, I'm not with, like, I, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I'm with a big time partner. I'm not with Drew anymore. And I think maybe in that moment, he kind of got, you know, confunded a little bit. And he couldn't pull Levi. He just got the Zachary part. And I think everyone we we're all watching it. We're like, uh, "Tom, you good, man? Are you are you good?" Um, so yeah, that was again the first 
first mistake in a long line of mistakes for for Tom and Paul that day. Well, it's an interesting one. For that was the like obviously this everyone's making a big deal. This was the first time Tom got a question wrong in round one in proper round one. Like, how much would that weigh on you when you're going in with this perfect record? Then you slip up. Even I think, it's, I think especially especially because this is the start of a new year, and you you see a lot of players they have really good years, and then the start of the next year. The, the decline begins. So it's a little more concerning seeing that this is the start of the season, that this is happening instead of sometime mid-season. Mm. All right, uh, so moving down. So uh, everyone got all the questions correct for re- questions five onwards. So that meant that Paul Preston and Whitney Seibold both had perfect rounds. And the score was 15-14 going uh, towards um, Tom and Paul. Yeah, I mean... Look, Paul Preston, dude's a stud. Pulls mm-hmm. a perfect round. Whitney Seibold pulls a perfect round. Again, you can attribute that to him looking comfortable out there. He actually looked like he was sort of in control of his own game. He wasn't relying on other people yeah. to sort of boost him up because he was the weak link. Right. He feels more comfortable. He feels great with Alonzo. I'm telling you, man, and Whitney you just Seibold want- might be comeback player of the year this year with the way he's playing. I just watched the way they were playing as well. Do you think that Seibold was the one that was it, the in charge of the team when he was the one that decided in round three what the who was going to take what? And it's like, and it was like Alonso is very much like, okay, no, you're in charge, and I'm just going to be here for the ride. Again, it's all about confidence. If if you want to do well in this league, you need to have confidence that, especially in round three, you know, I know this, you know that, you take this, I'll take this. This is higher point value, so I should take this. You need to have snap, quick decision making. You need to have the confidence to do so in order to be really great in this league. All right. So, uh, bonus question: Both uh, Whitney and Paul Gay correct. So it ends up sixteen to fifteen. God, I have a question about Bar Rocket. I love that film. Okay, and then we get to the big moment of this match. So um, it was Paul. Paul and Tom had the option to choose whether they want to spin first or second. They decided to give it to Deep Thirteen. Who spin opponent's choice? So, let me just quickly read out what was on the wheel. Scully standing up to get ready to, for his presentation. Um, yeah, I so need to on, be at the desk for this one. So, on the wheel uh, was Pixar, biopics, Tom Cruise, Festival Darlings, romantic comedies, nineties directors, Charlie's Ferran, thrillers, and Star Trek. And they went, and they gave um, Festival Darlings to Deep Thirteen. Okay, so with I'm going to ask this question: Is that a worse mistake than what Top Bat did against Take Top Ten with giving them biopics? Look, with Top That versus Top Ten, Top That that was back in twenty early twenty eighteen. It would it's well known that Top That doesn't study; they don't watch the matches. They come in, they do what they do best, they answer, mm-hmm. and. Again, there was a whole lot of the, you know, what could have been if Top That had won. There's like a whole theory out there that Top That might like might, might, might have been one of the greatest champions we, we've ever had. I don't know. It didn't happen. This is a new era. This, we are in an era of the showdown where strategy is key. Yep. And look, I know Kate Mulligan is new to, to the game. She's new to managing. She's new to all of this. 
But Grace Hancock is not. Grace Hancock has helped manage the Patriots, former team champions, mm-hmm. corruption, former team champions. I don't know how this happened. I really don't know. Because looking at when he signed in Alonzo Duralde, Alonzo said himself, that is the slice that he put on the wheel. Now, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you can see what your opponents put on the wheel in terms of slices. Um, so John Rocco was talking about this on backstage. So you can definitely ask, but it's not okay. Where he in particular, he doesn't tell anyone until the last moment what's going on the wheel, and he doesn't bother looking as well. But people, a lot of people, if you ask, you can get told what they was on the wheel. Okay, so strategy. It all it all comes back to strategy. Tom and Paul and Kate. They completely underestimated Deep 13. They thought, okay, Alonzo was on a two and three team. He wasn't on a team before then. Whitney has been on two teams and has fallen on his face in both teams. I can understand that thinking. It's not a bad rationale. However, see voice crack. This is this is this is how tense <laughs> yeah, is right serious. Now. However, you cannot, you have to explore all options when forming a strategy, especially Mm -hmm. if you are a brand new team with two of the best singles players we've seen come out in the last six months. You have to understand that festival darlings, you have to ask what did deep 13 put on the wheel? Otherwise you have a situation like this where they put the, the worst category you could imagine on the wheel. So now again, again, Kate Mulligan's brand new. I understand that. However, you were gifted two great players in Tom Riemann and Paul Preston. You have got to do more research than that. Grace Hancock has to do more research than that. It is crucial that you do as much research as you can before coming into a match like this. There were high expectations for Tom and Paul. People were crowning them the future team champions when they got drafted. You cannot stay stuck in the I've been crowned before the crown has even been made mentality. You just can't do that when there's so many great teams in this league who know how to strategize. When you have Alonzo and Whitney who know each other, They've worked with each other. They know what each what they're good at and what they're not. You have got to play smarter. So I hope they take this as a lesson that strategy is everything. You cannot win on talent alone. If you try okay. to win on talent alone, nine times out of ten, it's going to fail. All right. So just going to say, um, so firstly, with in regards to um strategizing and doing research on it that's not much research you need to do to realize two film critics would know festival stuff because they probably cover festivals and that's the mind-blowing part is that i if you even looked at alonzo and whitney's resume you would know that they have gone to festivals they've seen these kinds of movies they excel in breaking down the very subtle elements of all of these movies. So they're going to know this stuff inside and out. So just quick, so the, 
Uh, Alonso said in his post-match interview, I actually asked for that wedge festival, darling, so thanks. I've been a festival planner for 30 years, so this is kind of my jam. So, and then, um, to yeah. be fair, actually, Kate does try and defend herself in her post-match interview. Um, the, what she says is, festival darlings, what's our strengths? Okay, so we gave it to them so we can't spin it. Because if we spun it, we wouldn't have gotten as many points as we did with romantic comedies. So there was a strategy for what seems to be stupidity. If that's... If she's saying that they would not... Look, if, if like, oh, we would have gotten more points off romantic comedies than festival darlings. Oh, boy, I would have hated to see if they had gotten festival darlings because my... Oh, my goodness. I... Look... It may have been an attempt to save face. It may have been a kayfabe move. It doesn't matter. That might be one of the worst managerial explanations I have ever seen. And yes, I get it. Kate's new. She's very new to the showdown. She's new to the whole strategizing game. However, trying to save face with an explanation like that, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And I was so disappointed to hear that because I I loved it. I was excited when Kate was announced as a new manager. Mm. I was a little concerned that that her newness might play a factor in it, but I was excited nonetheless. It's it was an interesting. And it there is a kind of method in the madness of t- giving your biggest weakness to your opponent. However, if that's their biggest strength, then it's kind of exactly. It, it doesn't matter if it's your biggest weakness if if. If you did your homework, you would have found out that they would have been good at it. And guess what? They could have picked almost anything else, and they might have won this match. Yeah, like um, so D13 only dropped two points that entire round, so they uh, went mobile choice twice. I got everything else on two pointers. So like, if you look at like what was left on the wheels, or Pixar, Tom Cruise, Charlie Sferon, like even one of them, like just. Like, if you just miss one question in them because it's a big blockbuster, you've not fought about in years. Or and credit, credit to Deep 13 because there were a couple of times when you could see that they wanted to pull the trigger, that they wanted mm-hmm. to go for the two points, and then they didn't. They stepped back, took a deep breath, read the options, ultimately made the correct choices, and it got them 10 points. That is phenomenal strategy by both uh, Alonzo and Whitney to sort of, you know, preserve that kind of preserve the the lead that they had because they knew coming into this that in terms of deep knowledge they were the underdogs they didn't have as much core knowledge as uh tom and paul did well so what so but like overall on paper if you look at the last six months yeah if you've seen into account the last six months tom and paul have been leaps and bounds better than both deralde and seibold so and then when you're that underdog you gotta like you, if you're gifted your strength, you play to your strengths and you play your strength smart. That's exactly what they did. Absolutely. So, um, so they went off and only got missed two points that entire round. So, and then it was uh, Tom Paul's time to spin. So, first up, they spun romantic comedies, then they spun again and got re- opponent's choice. So, D13 literally pretty much with no hesitation went, We're giving you what you spun away deep, from. D13 without a manager. Makes a smarter decision than the manager of, uh, of 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 Tom and Paul. That should be the the largest takeaway from this. Uh, just because the two players against the manager, the players make the smarter decision than the manager. 
Drew Tate Mulligan, that's bad news. That's really bad news. Just uh, quickly, uh, Liam Logan asking, is this the first time two teams land on opponent choice in the same match? I believe it sure. has happened before in, a, I think it might have Once. happened in the Father's match. Maybe. I'm not, I, 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 I think that's happened before. I just can't, yeah. for the life of me, figure out what, what match it was. Because the wheel does sometimes feel that if it lands on spinner choice, it also lands on spinner choice again, or if it lands on opponent choice, it lands on opponent choice again. It does have that tendency sometimes. It'd be interesting to actually go, break down and see how often spinner choice and opponents actually does appear. Yeah. So, uh, but going, so D13, they did choose what they spun away from. Was that a smart option? Like saying, you should, we, you know, we're going for that? Or, or do you go and look at, say, going for like a Pixar or something instead, trying to. When you're looking at a team like Tom and Paul, who have not shown much weakness in their games, you 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 go with what you know that they are afraid of. Mm. Clearly, they didn't want rom-coms. They spun away from it. Even with all the studying you could do on Tom and Paul, you really couldn't get a gauge on what they don't know very well. Yeah. So what do you do in that situation with what they spun away from? It, it, it's it's the easiest choice you can make. They didn't try and get cute and go for one of their strengths to try and maximize the steal opportunities because when you're the underdog, your job is to also try and and play smarter than your opponent. True. Not necessarily play better, but play smarter. And that is, again, it's exactly what they did. And then, so um, with that Tom Paul went into romantic comedies and they got two questions incorrect uh, with uh, D13 being able to steal one point. And that one which... point steal was massive. Absolutely. It was massive because, again, they don't steal that. If Tom and Paul get it, Tom and Paul's picking their, their round three uh, numbers first. Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, D13 gets the super... Um, uh, maybe D13... Um, gets different questions and maybe well, they not, don't hit them. It's not even that. It changes the pressure of the game. If you're playing from behind, it's always harder to get get the motivation up. If you're on top, you can always have that feeling of just keep just pressing the boot down just to finish a match. Yeah. So uh, we go in the final round. It ends uh, D13 26, Tom and Paul 24. So that means Tom and Paul are going first. So uh, Paul go sorry Tom goes first and ends up with scores and soundtracks, and he does the biggest cardinal sin in the Schmodown or any trivia match. He doesn't even give an answer. We might have just seen the one weakness of Tom Riemann. We've right, and that Raymond. scores and soundtracks because if you can't, you know, connect James Horner to films like. Apollo 13 and Braveheart. Speechless. I'm, I am I am stunned that he did not even try to give an answer. Yeah. Much more than the fact that he didn't know it. So, he hey, even used to repeat if Tom so he had the most choice in a singles match, guess what people are going to give him? Yeah. Of course, the soundtracks. If he, if he now isn't just listening to every song. Thing he can get his hands on, try and study that. He's a fool because that's he's rolled over and showed his belly there. Because it's interesting because he had the repeat as well, and he didn't even think of a name, like give a name out, just like a Hans Zimmer or something like that, just to try. Another big cardinal sin. 
he used their last repeat on on, on the two point question. You used your last repeat of the match on the two pointer. It almost you're almost always screwed. Now thank God for Paul Preston because he pulled that three pointer and he whipped out that five pointer faster than Clint Eastwood whipping out a handgun. True. That was I, I cannot speak enough on how good Paul Preston was today. It it's shocking to think that Tom was the weak link in this match when you know coming into this people thought Tom was the best player out of all yeah. four of them. Tom was the heir apparent he was the person that was going to go on and do go for the titles and everything in, in, like that. in this match Tom was the fourth round pick. Yeah. Very true. Um so that's what we're uh, going to call the the worst player in the match now. We're going to call them them the fourth round pick in honor of John Roca. Oh, we're going to get and again tweets. <laughs> All right. And um, um so uh Paul ends up getting fancy sci-fi. John Markovich plays the Evil King. Galvatrix, who owns Black Dragon in what 2006 film, gets that right with Aragon. So it ends up 27-26, uh, and that means Deep 13 has to go. So it ends up sport, and it's not even a word said. Whitney just goes and passes the book. <laughs> so which... Which, hey, you sometimes you kind of at least just want to pretend to have that conversation just to show like strength, but it's like if you know that you're stuck at that category, there's no point even trying to wasting time. Like, just give it to the but, but, but also the snap, the snap decision making, it's what makes D13 such a great team because you know he knows that okay, sports not my thing, you take it, I'll take whatever comes out yeah. of, of the three pointer. Like it's one of those things where you just like you know all my clues, just like, oh yeah, you even if you're a tiny bit better, you've still got a bad chance. Yeah. And then end up being a question about friends as well. So yay, everyone's a winner. Proxy Stray was happy. And yet they chose probably the worst the worst sports movie or the worst movie involving a friend's uh, a friend's cast member to ask about. Because Ed is terrible. Yeah, it's a bad film, but Lost in Space does exist. Also in Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, but... So so to get that question correct, so that ends up with Tom and Paul getting their 5.0, which was John Carpenter directed Chevy Chase and 192 Phil, which they get Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Damn. That that was a deep pull. That was a great pull by Paul Preston. That is a terrible film. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. It's just, oh, God. It is not funny. Yikes. So, um, so that means that it's a three and a five. So... Mark made a point to kind of say how worthless the three pointer was. Like it was only for stats, only for that. And Whitney kind of, it for a second it seemed like Whitney got thrown off by it because he. Well, I, I I think that that probably that might have been because Whitney thought the score was a lot closer mm. than it was, because um, he probably either forgot the score or is it, a really big um, stats dude. He like he like. He, even if it's worth no points, he wants to answer for like the stats purposes or whatever. But yeah, so so it was inter- it was just interesting, but that could have been a thing that just got his mind in the way, just like oh, this question's worthless, and then oh, I got it wrong. Then it ends up five point e. You're in a bit of a hole. But he ends up getting it right. Uh, drama question, and then it's uh, five point uh, is actually so. This was the question to tie the all time record. Uh, actually, actually, is what actor stars in multiple roles in the psychological thriller Racing Kane? And they both had it 
and they got it correct. So top, deep 13 wins, 36 to 32. And that look that they gave each other, they're like, yeah. It's a, just that mutual, like, once you see that look, you're like, God damn, that's what chemistry looks like right there. Yeah. Uh, so time to send the all-time team's record, which I I believe the, it was take the cannoli if I had it last. You. Uh, I oh. for, a, for, for I know for a title match, I think Founding Fathers has the record. Mm. No, I'm sorry. No, Corruption has the record because they scored that much uh, against um, um, Shire Wolves. And I think Founding Fathers. No, no. Never mind. I, I'm, I'm getting my teams mixed up. But I know Corruption has the record for teams. Uh, in in five rounds, not sure about three round though. Three. It might be take the cannoli. I believe it was their first round match, so it's an interesting one. But it was, but if it was them, it's a case of a new team getting that record. Like, it's a case now of how was the expectation after deep thirteen? Are we expecting them to be what Tom and Paul were meant to be, or are is it still the home reservation? They still need to prove themselves because it was one part of the team that lost in. Oh, um, just quick to say, uh, it was actually Shazam. It was third round. Oh, record. Shazam. That's right. So, yeah, but quick, yeah quickly um, claim now, back together in the records. I mean, Deep 13, I know it's only one match, but they were super impressive. Mm -hmm. Granite, lack of, granite poor strategy did give them this match. D doesn't shake away from the fact that they killed it in round two. Whitney got a perfect round one. And, and Alonso they got, answered all three round threes correctly. We should say that's a great game. We should say as well, Alonso got six points in the first round. That's nothing to sniff at. And uh, Tom and Paul, Paul went perfect. Tom went seven for eight. Fant all played fantastically. It was literally a case of one question from t Tom was really the, the reason why th that was a big slip up for him. But yeah. So and also just because say Leo Logan, um. Our famous, our favorite statistician in the chat. Uh, Paul is now own three in teams. Yeah, How? it's it's un he's just been unlucky. I mean, you look at his the match against Sh against Shazam. They almost won that one. This match, they almost won that one. Mm -hmm. Who were this? Who was their first match against? It was uh, Inky in the Brain. It, it it was Inky in the Brain again. Inky in the Brain. They almost won yeah, that one. It, so he's just been super unlucky in terms of teams. I, I they're, well, they're 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 definitely gonna bounce a, back from this. He's been unlucky, in but singles as well. Yeah, that match against Bateman, it went down to five points. It was literally a case of and literally a head swift away from taking knocking him out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah might... And who knows? If he beat Bateman, Preston might be the singles champ right now. True. It, so who knows? It's a very interesting situation. Just like Paul Preston probably is the most unluckiest players in this world at this moment in time. It's gonna be he, he he he's been he's been super unlucky, but I think that that's just gonna drive him to become mm. better as a player. Um and there's gonna come a point this season when he's gonna stop being unlucky and he's gonna start winning match after match after match after match. And he's gonna he's gonna be a contender for for, for both belts in singles and teams. So right. So Paul Preston's gonna go on a tear soon, I can feel it. So obviously we don't know uh, the records, any other matches that have been recorded or anything like that. But what teams would we like to see both go against in the future? Deep so, thirteen, they are they obviously should play another debut team. I think 
maybe um, if Lon Harris and Paul Yama win their first match, that mm-hmm. could be a, that could be an option for them. Um, maybe Adam Witt and Eric Zipper, uh, if they become a team, that could be if, again if they win their first match. Um, so there there are a lot of options out there, but I think no matter what, I think it, it should be against teams that are new this season as well. Um, and then with Paul and Tom. God help whoever plays them second, because I can tell you one thing. I don't think this team is going to make the same mistake twice. I don't think Kate Mulligan is going to make the same mistake twice. Cause I know she's smarter than that. Um, and I know Grace Hancock is smarter than that. Well, um, but you know, whoever comes out of, you know, these debut matches, zero and one, they're going to be fed to Paul and Tom and it, 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 it's going to be dangerous. Yeah. But if they, but Paul and Tom lose that second match, then, all bets are off what's going to happen the rest of the season because if those two split, there's going to be two angry teams coming like a hydra. If they split, it'll, if they split, they'll, they'll just be paired with other teammates. Yeah, like you're probably looking at someone like, I know Rachel Silverstein and Ben got I, I don't think team, either but... of them is going to be traded per se. Um, too soon to, to think about anybody in there who might be traded. But... Um, well, you know, unless one of them falls off the face of the earth, it's out of the realm of possibility. To be fair, Kate Mulligan has already talked about trading someone in her team. On um, when she was on Children's Action, uh, she talked about, openly about how she thought uh, RB3 got unlucky in his match and how she might be open to trading Ben Goddard. Well, Ben Goddard, if he wins the second match, he'll be two and zero, and he'll be a high value. He'll be a high value trade chip. But then again, a lot of smart managers are, are, are going to look at it like, all right, well, you're 2-0 and against RB3 and either Bonnie Somerville or, Brett's, or uh, Brett Sheridan. So how good is that 2-0 and actually? Right. It's, yeah. He, need, he doesn't kind of need that scalp to really prove himself. Like, to be fair as well, probably you have to say that with Paul and Tom as well at this point. This was their chance to get that first scout. Like, uh, Looney Bin did have that win against Time Machine. However, that team... Like let's let's call a spade a spade. That team wasn't that that was team was a fantastic on paper, terrible in matches. True, but again, it's too soon to talk about trades for a team that's zero and one. I think. Well, it's more a case of I'm thinking those two need to get that win just to prove themselves and just to be able to put the nail. I I, I I agree. They need a win to prove that they're not just flash in the pan players. That they're that they weren't just that they're more than the half of the season. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's going to be it for us because uh, we're going to be back tomorrow for the Brett Sheridan versus Bonnie Cinemaville match. Quickly, uh, any prediction? I'm guessing uh, you're repping them, so. Are you kidding me? It's, it's going to be Bonnie. Like, yeah. even, if she doesn't, even if she doesn't show up, she, she's still going to win. Apparently, she on Twitter she has confirmed that she did show up, so at least we at least know there Boom. is a match. Boom! So yeah, Bonnie's gonna win because she's awesome and she's managed by the best manager in the league, uh, Shannon Barney. Um. So yeah, you know nothing really left to say. I mean, Bonnie can make the same mistakes Tom and Paul made today, and she can walk out of here with the TKO. Right. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know, Brett. Brett has a spark or something. It'll be interesting that if he can have a decent round one, 
Like what could how much you could rattle Bunny. Yeah, I guess no. No, I'm sorry. Fair. No. Well, no. when he when Brett wins by TK well, when Brett wins by first round KO, which isn't even possible, but somehow will happen tomorrow. We'll have you on eating a humble pie. Yeah. If Brett Sheridan wins, I'll eat myself. How's that? Okay. We'll hold you to that. Um, just going to say a few people in chat. Um, so Leo Logan uh, for the match tomorrow, Bunny for tomorrow, and then on, on the tip of your tongue, uh, Alonso Whitney just fucking news out a couple energy, uh, where not many people have had them as the best team, but they're definitely going to be special. I think they could win the belt. You see, I, I, I don't know about that because... You need to have chemistry, but you also need raw talent. And yes, while this was a great start, it's too early to say that. It's like it's way too early to say that because there's just so many great teams out there. So so many teams that haven't even debuted yet who could possibly be better than there's so many. Look, we got five or six teams out there who are established title contenders. You have corruption, who's the boss, the family, Shazam. Odd couple. There's so many uh, other teams who are more well established, and I think could beat Deep Thirteen. And I think on paper are much better than Deep Thirteen. Well, we have to. So while while I wouldn't look, I I I wouldn't count them out, but I'm 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 gonna say it's unlikely. Well, we have to remember as well. Whitney Seibold, critically claim were only were dodgy call away from being team champions from beating the Shy Wolves. If you got, remember going back to that match, it was um, the round four situation where they called Beast instead of William or Bibbs, and he just didn't catch it, and they didn't award him, and they deducted the point, which subsequently was the big cause of them losing that match. That's true. So if, if it's in Birds and Coconuts, blah, 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 but it's still, I think we can't A lot sleep. of all day isn't William the Beast but Beyond though. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not he, how well he is especially if he gets his teeth into this league this season. All right. Uh, but thank you very much for watching. Just quickly say, so as we said, we'll be back tomorrow for Brett versus Bonnie. And also if you want any more content on the feature presentation page yesterday, so the video before this, we did uh, the f- fancy film bites. Myself and Peggy Gubbins, along with a few of our friends, we did a fancy draft of the greatest movie villains of all time. There's 24 great choices. One of them is absolutely goddamn terrible. Malcolm Lay, I hate you for ruining my show. Oh, God, don't even remind me of that. So, yeah, and if you want to listen to that or anything like that, we have a podcast feed, fancy, uh, not fancy, uh, feature presentation productions podcast feed. You can find it on our YouTube page or on a Facebook page or on the MBE page, which any anything content-wise, MBE or for feature presentation, you can find there. And yeah, that's everything we have to do anything you need to do scully or join us tomorrow we're going to be popping some champagne celebrating bonnie's win um you know we got a lot of exciting stuff planned for the show you know we want to we we are going to make this a regular thing after every match we're going to be coming to you live after the atlanta live events that's going to be on um february 29th Leap day. uh yeah after that so again if you saw our new york video uh, it's going to be just like that, breaking down all the matches, um, what happens, what necessarily didn't happen. Um, and who knows? Down the line, we may have some special guests. Yeah, maybe, maybe. one or two down the line. We, you never maybe. know. 
but excellent but once again thank you everyone for watching please like subscribe do all the things you need to ring bells i don't know what other youtubers say or facebook you have to do just show us some love please it's valentine's it's valentine's day tomorrow please show us some love ah that's the gayest thing i'll ever say i apologize i apologize first to the lgbtq community and also to just just community in general all right, I'm gonna go now. I'm going to bed. Yes, let's let's go. Let's go. Come on. All right. Bye.